The Auburn Tigers will learn their future schedule next week. Today, we take a stab at what we think it'll be. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. We are joined by Montgomery Radio vet, the one and only Daryl Daprich. Always good to have you on the show, my friend. And so we're a week away as this drops Wednesday. We're a week away from Auburn and the rest of the SEC learning who they will play in the 2024 season with Texas and Oklahoma probably being on most teams' schedule. I think most teams, I think every team will get at least one of them, Daryl, so we'll jump into this. But I'm going to start with the obvious, the teams that I think Auburn is going to play and will be on their schedule that I think you will also have on the 2024 schedule. And I think we start with Alabama and Georgia. I believe both of them will remain on Auburn's schedule. I agree, and I think what's so fun about this exercise to kind of tee it up and set it up is that you and I will be doing a a reaction show next week after the schedule is released, kind of reacting to what happens with Auburn. So it's going to be fun to kind of look into a crystal ball and see how close we get. Like when they do mock drafts for the NFL draft, this will be our mock schedule. I love this kind of stuff. I'm good. I, I love that there's an announcement. There's going to be a, a show that's going to reveal a reveal Dude, show. Make an off-season event about everything you possibly can. There's exactly. no reason not to. There's it's no exciting. reason not to. It's exciting. So how close you and I get yep. with our picks will be good fodder to talk about uh, next Wednesday. So I agree with you. I think Alabama obviously is a, a no-brainer. And I think even because they're not doing pods and they're not doing divisions, the SEC will still want to keep Georgia on Auburn's schedule and uh, – you know, basically preserve that rivalry. All right, so we agree on two of the eight. And we're yes. just going over opponents here. We're not guessing where the game will be played. No, so, no. all right, so we're two for two there. Do you have another major rival on Auburn's 2024 schedule? I have somebody that's becoming an emerging rival. Does that mean Ole Miss? Yes, yes. Okay. There, You've got there, Ole, I do SEC, not have Ole Miss. See, if the SEC doesn't do that, then they're brain dead. Then I, then I have serious reservations about who's running the SEC. If they don't pit Kiffin against Freeze this first, you know, even next year, even though they're playing this year, the second year, Hugh Freeze's second year, that, that storyline is too good. And we'll talk more about that later in the Kiffin factor. Sure. That storyline is too good to just let that go away. I, I think that that's an emerging rival. I think at some point, even though it's not an equitable football matchup, in my opinion, historically, traditional-wise, like LSU is with Auburn, Ole Miss, there's just something now, the bad blood between the two schools and the head coaches overlap and all that, that they need to play. Yeah, and so I don't have Ole Miss on there, but I think it makes sense. I have LSU on Auburn's 2024 schedule for similar reasons, right? Except it's just a rivalry that's always been around. It's not an emerging rivalry. It's always been around. And so, you know, the SEC, and I don't know if they've said this officially or unofficially or if it's been reported, Daryl, but seen in multiple places where the SEC is still wanting to keep in mind and preserve rivalries when making this decision. And so, yeah, 
I, I think they're going to keep Auburn and LSU on the schedule as well. That that is my guess. My pushback on that is that the the SEC wants to have a balanced schedule. And again, we'll get more into this later. But if you rank one through sixteen, LSU's top five probably projection. Mm-hmm. It's hard to go out that far, but you know you you think that LSU having won the West and with Brian Kelly and their recruiting. You don't want to top load Auburn schedule and give them the two best teams in the conference and maybe the fourth best team in the conference. You are oh, I think that's crap, Daryl. I think that's yeah. crap. The SEC doesn't care about equality. Well, then they, then they, don't they need care to, about parity. Well, they need to shut up and not have have uh, word speak and say we you. want we want a balanced schedule because if you do that and Auburn's got like a top four or five ranking like aggregate average score of the teams that are ranked one through sixteen then you are completely lying and you're a fraud. You're, you're basically Jay Monahan of the PGA Tour right now. That's what you're doing if you do that. You you are talking out of both sides of your mouth. That's for Charlie Five. Um, sure. So, I mean, that's ridiculous. Don't say it if you're not going to do it. it. That drives me crazy when people do that. Say what you mean and mean what you say. And, and look, I, I don't think the SEC should necessarily care to some extent about you know the equality of difficulty of schedule. Because look, college sports aren't fair. Like that's that's just kind of part of it. It's just not a fair playing field, and that's okay. Unfortunately, Auburn's on the top half of that. Once we get all of our stuff together, I think it's going to be fine. But yeah, I've got Alabama, Georgia, and LSU on Auburn's twenty twenty four schedule. Okay, I have Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss, and then I'll give you a fourth. Go ahead. The newcomers, I think Texas, and the reason why I think Texas is there's a nice little history there. You know, the Bo Jackson years, Auburn played Texas four or five times, and they've most recently played Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl, not Texas. So I think if you're going to give one of the two, give the one that's been since, I think, 1992. Auburn won that game in in, uh, Austin, and uh, Pat dies last year, I believe. So I I say Texas, and I would be really excited, whether it's them coming to Jordan-Hare or Auburn going to Austin. That's a great matchup. I'm with you. I, you gotta. I, I think Texas or Oklahoma will be on every SEC team schedule. I just think it makes sense to be silly for them to roll out the schedule reveal this way and to not do that, both for Texas and Oklahoma, but also for all the other members of the SEC. So I've got Texas as well. I think it's a 50-50 shot. I like the logic that he threw in there. And also, you know, Texas went to Alabama last year. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, they're going with Alabama this year, excuse right. me. They hosted Alabama last year. So throw them the other state school. I, I think it makes sense. You know, do you want to give Oklahoma both Alabama and Auburn? I don't know, because surely they're not going to give um, put Texas on Alabama's schedule again. You just I, you I doubt they would play three years in a row. So I think you need Oklahoma to toughen up Alabama's schedule a little bit because Alabama can't play themselves. I think Oklahoma will come Good into point. the conference a projected top four team in the conference. Do so you want to give Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma? I mean, you know that you talk about death row. So that's why I think that Oklahoma, Alabama, Auburn, Texas. That's just a, a really natural selection. We'll see, but I, that's where I think they're going to go with that. All right, so we agree on three of the four that we've revealed. Let's share one more, uh, and then we'll we'll kind of pause for a moment. But I'm going to stick with traditional rivals here, and I think Auburn plays Florida in 24. I do too. I've okay. got I've got Florida. I've got Florida for a couple of reasons. I'm looking at this balance thing. Auburn hasn't played Florida since Bo Nix's freshman year. Right. They're a traditional rival. They used to play in Amen Corner, and Florida is probably the third best team. In the East, so I have them like well, or there's no East anymore. But right now, this year, the maybe third or fourth. Sure. Yeah, maybe third or fourth 
and I'd probably put them eighth or ninth overall in the conference. So that's do a you, nice equitable. Do matchup. you think when I was making this, I almost picked East teams just for the sake of picking East teams I on did the that. schedule? I, I, I balanced it, which you, I shouldn't you, have done, but geographically, I, should, though, I, did. geographically right? I did that because I think they're going to do that to make it equitably geographically. Yeah, and, and also just the whole point of this is to mix it up and play different people, right? That's like yep. that's one of the bigger arguments for t- getting rid getting rid of divisions is to make mm-hmm. it feel more like a conference. And if you want the SEC to feel like that old traditional SEC, you 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 put Auburn and Florida on each other's schedules. Yep. So we have three of the four. I've got I've got Florida on there as well. All right. And so we each have three more opponents that we think Auburn will play in 2024, and we'll discuss those in just a moment right here on Locked On. Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. They are the most comfortable pants ever or shorts. I have two pairs of their shorts. Daryl, I work out in them. I run errands in them. I feel good in them. I look good in them. My wife likes me more when I wear them, mm. which is really all that matters. Uh, we, we all we all can agree on that. But uh, yeah, be sure to check out their website, birddogs.com. They've got a bunch of different styles and uh, I'm not allowed to say a lot of their uh, the names of some of their shorts, but yeah. it's hilarious. Go to their website. And even if you don't buy the shorts, read the names of their products. It's hilarious. It's very, very funny. So head over to birddogs.com slash locked on college and enter promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That is birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you they're so, so comfortable. So thank you for bird dogs for sponsoring Locked on Auburn. Daryl Daprich, our guest on this Wednesday. Uh, you, you go next. Who, who else will Auburn play in 2024 if you had to guess today? I think they're going to stick to, if they possibly can too, if you play one team in a particular state, if they're able to allow you to play the other team, I think they're going to do that, and that's why I think Auburn's going to be paired with Mississippi State as well. I think Mississippi State is going to be on that schedule. You know, you look at the other states. If you're not playing Tennessee, you're not going to play Vanderbilt, in my opinion. So, you know, I think that Ole Miss and Mississippi State geographically make sense, and so I think Auburn plays Mississippi State. So you're saying you think they're going to play both teams in both states? So if somebody has Auburn on their schedule, they're also going to play Alabama? Not necessarily if you're a, a high ranked, like if you're somebody that's pretty much got a brutal, like you're talking about Oklahoma coming in. But I think maybe a traditional school like LSU would probably, you know, if if LSU plays Auburn, they're playing Alabama. And maybe you're probably right that they may play LSU instead of somebody else I pick. So I think, you know, mm. or if Arkansas ends up on, Auburn schedule. Maybe not every team will be that way with every state, but I think they're going to try to take random teams here and there and pair them up with both teams from that particular state. So I put Mississippi State on mine as well. So we agree on another one. But my thought process was solely just because okay, Alabama and Georgia are on here in LSU. Let's pick a, a bottom feeder. But I didn't feel like I could put Vandy on here because we play Vandy this year. Yeah, and I did so, the same, re- same, and then I same thought about, reason. I thought about Missouri, but we played Missouri last year, and so I, I didn't put Missouri on my list, so that's why I put Mississippi State. So we agree on another one, a little bit different reasons, but we agree on another one. I, um, I'll go next. As far as teams, the, my two other teams are, are, form, are current East teams, and I kind of put them both on here just for the sake of putting them on here. The next one, South Carolina. There was a report out of 247 
Uh, and it was a, it was a, one of the national riders. It may have been Marcelo. I'm not positive, but they kind of put something out there that like, yeah, they're hearing that Auburn and South Carolina may become annual opponents. And this was before they decided to jump in, you know, to the, this eight team and kind of announce what they were doing. But I just kind of feel like there's been talk there. Um, and, and I feel like these two programs have been connected somewhat this off season ever since the scheduling talk has heated up. So maybe some of the logistics are already done. And so they just keep them on the schedule. Uh, so I, I'm going to put South Carolina Gamecocks on there. I think Auburn plays them in 2024. I left Vandy off for the exact same reason you did because okay. Auburn plays them this year. Yep. I did not put South Carolina on there because, again, I keep going back to this equity of schedule. I think South Carolina is a media darling all of a sudden, and Beamer is a media darling, and the SEC pundits and the national writers love their recruiting class, and I think they feel like South Carolina is going to be a top eight, top seven football team in the SEC for that reason, I didn't put them on Auburn's schedule. I put Kentucky on there. I, I slid, Ken, I slid Kentucky, one. and then I have one more after Kentucky, but I had Kentucky, and then I had Missouri. And I know we just played Missouri in 2022. There'll be a year off, a year break, but mm. I think Missouri's going to be on there as the team to kind of balance out. Missouri and Mississippi State balancing out Georgia and Alabama. Okay, yeah, and Kentucky's my last one just because yep. I kind of feel like they're going to take a dip. Daryl, now that uh, Kentucky really benefited, I think, over the last decade of Florida and Tennessee being down. And I think Florida's recruiting better and Tennessee's been good. I, I think Kentucky's going to take a hit. And so we'll certainly see um, how that impacts this new conference realignment. So just, uh, I mean, we agree on most of these. So we agree yes. on Alabama, Georgia, Texas, Kentucky, Mississippi, Florida, State. And Mississippi State. Yep. And the two and, difference, you've got uh, South Carolina and LSU. Yep. I have uh, Missouri and Ole Miss. Got it. So when looking at strength of schedule now with mm -hmm. this, and do you do you have that in front of you? How you I do. rank each team? I do. I so, went through, and of course, yeah. this is just you know a shot in the dark. Uh, obviously, this is just a lot can happen in two years. But I do believe there's going to be an upward ascension. I think you freeze year two with his recruiting class is going to have an upward climb. But yeah. I had Georgia one. I had Alabama two. I had Oklahoma three. That's high. I had LSU four. Okay. Tennessee five. Okay. Texas six, just slightly slotted over Auburn at seven because okay. of recruiting and resources and that kind of thing. Arch Manning will be the quarterback at that point too. A team we've not even mentioned, Sniff talked about, Texas A&M. I have them eight behind Auburn. Mm -hmm. I have South Carolina right there at nine because of Beamer and his recruiting class. And then this sure. is where it kind of gets Kentucky 10. Ole Miss 11, Florida wow. 12. I'm not sold on Napier um, yet. I think he's going to have, you know, he's got to have to really prove himself in a couple more years. Arkansas 13. I think they take a step back. Yikes. I think Mississippi State with Leach gone at 14, sure. and then Mizzou and Vandy. Okay. I agree with most of those. Okay. So your schedule would is easier than mine. No, yours is. Mine was an eight. Yes, you're right. Mine is. Mine was an 8.8 .8 aggregate average of how we rank these teams one through 16. If you add up all the, what we ranked them next to like Georgia one, you add one and the eight teams and then divide mm -hmm. that by eight. Mine was 8.8. .8. Yeah. So the lower numbers nice. would be harder. So yeah. mine's seven, but LSU, me having LSU is a big reason why. Correct. So your schedule is a little bit harder. Yeah. 
Uh, Auburn's schedule, if they got that schedule and if it, things panned out that way, of course, this is all projection. If that if that's how it ended up in 2024, it was close. Auburn would have a fair, balanced, and equitable schedule to be right middle of the pack. Yeah, so we'll see if it plays out that way. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun reacting to that 2024. It's so funny. It's a year out, right? It's not like the NFL schedule release. It's a year out, and we don't know what the dates are. And so it's just like these are the eight teams you're playing. I think they'll do location, but I don't think they're going to do – I don't think they're going to do um, dates. So that'll be – yeah. Yeah, that, that, kind of fun to see, uh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see like locations big. I mean, you know, that's going to be something that's first of all the teams that you play, and the reveal of that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, with this new format with no divisions, and then oh, are we? If it's Texas, are we going to Texas or is Texas coming to Jordan Hare? Which would you, you know, rather I, do first? Assuming it's I, Texas or Oklahoma, would you rather go there first or they come here first? Them, them come to Jordan Hare first. Yeah, yeah. That would be that would be set the you tone. want the you want the new shiny toy at your place that first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. And then there's other places that I wouldn't mind going. Like I I'd rather play Texas at home and then go to Lexington. Whoop de doo. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not being ugly, but that doesn't put strike the fear of God in me. Mm-hmm. You know, going going to Columbia, Missouri doesn't really move me. It doesn't that doesn't bother if you know you get you get Texas at home and Ole Miss at home. But you go to Starkville, Columbia, and Lexington. Go to where? Starkville. Starkganistan? Starkganistan. Yeah. But I will say this. I'd, I'd rather have Florida at Auburn because the last time Florida played, you know, it was in the swamp. So I'd Yeah, like Florida to needs to come Jordan. here. I yeah, agree. Jordan here. I agree. And we'll see how much they care about that when they roll this out. Do they care about the last time they played where that was? Or is it, right. or is it a clean slate? Do they care about what's happening this season? Or is it just a clean slate, new era of scheduling? It's a new conference. What happens before 2024 doesn't matter. That could be the case. And if that's okay, they need to say that. Once again, like right. whatever they say, they need to be as transparent as possible with this. Because I don't think people are going to mind what they do. They just want to know why they did it, right? Do you care about having, you know, parity in the SEC? Do you, is that something you care about or do you care more about better matchups? I think both people are fine with both of those answers. You just need to say exactly what it is. I don't think they'll do that, but I hope they do. Greg, thank you for listening. Just be transparent with the decisions that you make. All right, Daryl, earlier in the week on the show, we talked about double standards, and you and I were talking earlier, and um, there's even more examples of double standards. We discussed in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. I want to encourage you to join the Locked on Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. It's a great way to get in touch with other Auburn fans and also interact with us, any of the hosts here. Um, be sure to check that out. We'd love to uh, interact and kind of keep the conversation going outside of the show. Um, over 1,800 Auburn fans hanging out in the Locked On Auburn Discord. Daryl, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, it's preseason magazine season. And so some people always get more love than others just based off of who they are. This is really the first year where AM hasn't gotten just a ridiculous amount of love just because Jimbo is Jimbo or whatever. Now it's Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin mm-hmm. is getting a tremendous amount of just the benefit of the doubt, and you're you're not having. It. No, I'm not. I mean, I you know I, I don't ever try to piggyback. You you got that's the one wonderful thing about your shows. You have new guests, fresh shows every day, and so I don't I don't want to bleed over into topics. But this this is relevant because we talked about the schedule and the strength of teams, right? And why I dropped Ole Miss to where I did is because 
I am getting tired, and this is not to be a, a jealousy thing or a, a comparison or trying to throw shade. I'm just, I'm, I am, what I'm saying right now is factual. It's not opinion, it's factual. Lane Kiffin has built up more equity amongst college football experts, pundits, and writers where they, the redemption story, and they give him the biggest benefit of the doubt. And I don't understand why. They call him the portal king. I get all that. But the, he he builds equity off of what? Let's talk about it. Number one, most recently, what did he do last year? How did he end his season? Wasn't it with five losses in a row? It was, including yeah. the Egg Bowl. I think he won his bowl game, but he absolutely collapsed. That's factual. I'm not... I'm not taking shots at Lane Kiffin. I am stating facts. He lost his last five football games, including the Egg Bowl. And had he also an screwed over season. his fan base. He like, did. Let's just be clear here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, you know, and, and they were so excited. And, and full disclosure, I wanted him to be Auburn's I, coach. I, I was too. excited. So I'm not going to be a hypocrite. But at the end of the day, he lost five games in a row. Why is recency bias towards Auburn at the top of the mantle, but recency bias towards a team that absolutely choked on a stake and gagged and lost their last five games. And, oh, we just forget about that. He's the portal king. He's going to be back with a vengeance this year. If it's trending downward and you're going by re by what Auburn did last year, and that's what they're basing it on, Auburn was two and two their last two games. Um, Ole Miss was on four. Mm -hmm. So – why does he get that benefit of the doubt? Why does he? What equity has he built? Let's talk about history. He was at the Oakland Raiders, and Al Davis clowned him in a press conference worse than I've ever seen an owner clown a head coach in my life. I felt sorry for him. He took his manhood with the way he talked about Lane Kiffin. Said he was, you know, unethical. He didn't know what he was doing. I mean, just he shouldn't have done it. Al Davis shouldn't have done that. It was wrong. But he he absolutely destroyed him. So then he leaves and he goes to Tennessee. He has one year at Tennessee where he was seven and six or six and six or whatever. On the way out the door, said some things to some recruits that made them mad. Leaves in the middle of the night with Tennessee holding the bag and goes to his dream job at USC. What happens at USC? He gets fired on the tarmac. You know how toxic you have to be to them not want you to get on the plane? I mean, that they let criminals on planes to, to transport places. He was so toxic, they wouldn't even let him get on the plane and fly back. They fired him on the tarmac. So that that's, tells you everything you need to know. So then here comes the big redemption tour for Lane Kiffin, the big redemption repentance tour and the, the, the rehab assignment that, that um, Nick Saban gets him. You know, I'm going to rehab Lane Kiffin and his coaching uh, acumen and his reputation. And he does. And they win a national championship. But then that sours. And Nick Saban says, yeah, I got this in the national championship. We'll let somebody else call plays. You stay home. And parts ways with him before the national championship game after he has been there all year. I don't know the reasons why, but it doesn't look good when you tell your offensive coordinator, dude, we got this. We'll mm -hmm. let Sark, Sark, who's a grad assistant at the time, we'll let not grad assistant, but special consultant. We'll yeah. let him call it. Okay, that's four examples the media never brings up, but they think he's the golden boy. Why? What? Where is the equity in what I just said of all the things that I've just gone through that made him earn that reputation? I, I don't get it. It's his play design. I mean, that's 
that's kind of whatever it all comes back to. But if you're not going to be somewhere for more than four seasons, like who cares? Well, I know people get fired. I know good coaches get fired. I get it. You know, and he didn't get fired from Tennessee, but he got fired from the Raiders. He got fired sure. from the USC. And although he didn't get fired from Alabama, the next best thing to getting fired is when they tell you to stay home. And I'm mm -hmm. not talking about Zoom calls because we're in a pandemic. They say stay home, not work from home. Stay home. We got this. And that's I, I know he was going to Florida Atlantic, and I know he did a good job at Florida Atlantic. But again, is that what he's built all this reputation on? Is old what is old Miss's record in the three years that Lane Kiffin's been there? I, I don't think it's been out. I mean, you know, his first year he struggled, had a losing record, I think. His second year he he did really well. And I think wins. he won yeah. 10 wins. Last year, what did he do? Go seven and six. I don't have it pulled up, but I think it was that. Well, I mean, that ain't setting the world on fire. What why why is he the you know, why is he the golden child in all these people's eyes? That's not Kirby numbers, that's not Dabo numbers, that's not Nick Saban numbers. But he gets the benefit of the doubt. I think Mark Stoops has done more in the SEC than Lane Kiffin has as far as getting more out of what he has. And he lost to a potato. He did lose to a potato. Like a, you know, yeah, he lost to a potato and he lost to Gus back to back, right? Gus's last year. Uh, he mm -hmm. lost and then he lost to, to Auburn in making just and, and here's the other thing. This is another thing that makes me shake my head. Could you imagine if Gus Malzahn or Hugh Freeze did some of the things on fourth down that to Lane over five does. fourth down. Yeah. Yeah. And keep doing it over. They'd go, he's brain dead. What what it he would get, they would get ripped. No, they call him a genius. They, they call he, him a genius. Yeah. So when Auburn, when Auburn fans sometimes have that little brother syndrome that the world is out to get us and everybody hates us, I I don't like that. I'm not, I'm not that I I I just it bothers me. But to a certain extent. When things like this happen and you look the other way on facts and results on Lane Kiffin and some of the decision-making he has on fourth down and some of the things he does and says, and you crucify Hugh Freeze and don't want to give him a second chance, no redemption tour for Hugh Freeze, it, it, it does come across disingenuous and as a double standard. The Dion comparison that you guys made was spot on. He gets right. 40 guys in the portal. And he's a hero. He's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You freeze gets 20 and it doesn't move the needle at all. He's still a five and seven football team. It's a joke. It is a joke. It is. A, do you feel better? I do because you and Charlie five really got me. I watched that yesterday and I got inspired. I got yeah. inspired. I, I watched it and my mind just started racing and I'm like, okay, they're absolutely right. Double standard. And then I'm like, not only Dion, what about Lane Kiffin? I mean, it, it, it sparked something in me. That's what you guys did. So that's, you know, you're right on. That's it. that's good, good podcast when you make people move to action, my friend. Uh, I love it. I love it. How can people uh how can people keep up with you, brother? Uh Twitter, DAP6410 on the Discord. I love interacting. And then uh Monday morning, 710 W A N I Auburn Opelika this morning. Yeah, I got a feeling the Discord will be popping because people love a good Daryl Daprich rant. You can find all my written work at AuburnDaily.com on tomorrow's Locked on Auburn. It's a crewing Thursday with Brian. As he joins us, we talk about all the five stars that Auburn's pursuing, as well as some of the OVs that are coming in this weekend. Until then, we'll see you. This has been Locked on Auburn.